Hello, welcome to In Your Business Podcast. In this segment, we are going to be talking about leadership and mental health and how it affects our productivity and what we do. Today, we have two wonderful guests with us to discuss this important topic, mental health, leadership, perfectionism. So let me introduce you to our guests. First, we have Kylie Gonzalez from Community Services Employment Training, better known as CSET. So hi, Kylie. Hello. I can't hear you, Kylie. <laughs> Hello. Okay, that's better. <laughs> and then we also have Cooper Caius with us again from Skills USA. Hello. So we're really excited. This mental health is a journey for all of us. And I think that when we know what to recognize within ourselves, it really helps us. So I know that for me, I used to shy away from really talking about this. And it seems like the more I talk about it with other people, especially with other community leaders, the more I realize that I'm kind of not in this alone and there are other people that have experienced similar things to me and it makes me not feel quite so out of sync so thank you guys for joining us no problem okay so let's get into it kylie can you tell me a little bit about what you do for CSET? okay so at CSET, i am the program coordinator for our new pilot program called hashtag grow it's a leadership and community service program for freshmen and sophomores currently at farmersville high school Previously to that, I did hashtag lead, which is for juniors and seniors all throughout Tulare County to prepare them for life and also for college and career to enter the workforce. So that's super cool. And how many students do you think roughly that you guys serve? I know right now we have 12 in hashtag grow and about 60 in hashtag lead. But I would say since I started, probably around 200 youth that's amazing and cooper you were one of those students correct yeah yeah i had a fun teacher whose name happens to also be kylie gonzalez <laughs> so Hashtag may or may lead. not be the same person <laughs> thanks Coop. who knows <laughs> so cooper what did you get out of the the hashtag lead program because i know you're a student advisor now but when you were actually a student involved in the program, how did that program sit with you? Yeah, Hashtag Lead was always pretty great when it came to opening like new windows or doors to like opportunities I didn't think I could like even think about. I remember when we did our race summit, we had someone from I think Hollywood. He was like a writer of some sort. He was really cool dude to talk to. And we like when he talked about it, I was like, well, this is actually something I could actually like get into. I like writing in my free time. Not really great at it, but like I love doing it. And I think it also opened me to like having friends. Before I was in LEAD, I had just moved here and then I got into LEAD and now I have a bunch of friends that I now have on my phone who blow up my phone every so often. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The good things and bad things about having friends, <laughs> the yes. responsibilities of keeping up with them all. Cooper had a cool like two different experiences with hashtag LEAD too because when he was with me, everything was virtual. I think we met twice in person and what was cool about being virtual was we got to combine with other cohorts so cooper was meeting people from porterville from tulare from visalia whereas when we're in person it's only one cohort at a time so this year he's our student aide for the visalia area yes. but you guys are from dinuba so it's cool that you get to touch all those different yeah lives. no it's definitely really fun and i think it's funny because last year when we were doing it all virtual the one thing that like happened was that not all people had their cameras on. There'd be a lot of people who knew me. It'd be like, oh, Cooper, it's been a while. And I'm like, huh? Because yeah. I hadn't no seen their face before. Because like, <laughs> like, they, they knew my face and my name and everything. And like I just didn't know them. And they're like, it's Stephen from Porterville. I'm like, oh, Stephen. <laughs> Dude, it's been forever. Yeah, but we ran into that in the business world, too. All the Zoom meetings. I can't tell you now that we're doing all the in-person meetings. 
and how different it is to relate to people in an in, in-person way. It's almost like the running joke is you're so much taller than sitting inside the computer. And Can't relate. Yeah. yeah. No, because <laughs> Kylie is not tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade already in the podcast just started. So yeah. But I do know that when you were in hashtag lead, you, one of the focuses originally, the first thing that you noticed was the mental health breaks and some of that. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, we did have mental health breaks. I think we had two per session, if I'm not mistaken. One, it was like two 15-minute ones. Yeah, we always started with a mental health check at the beginning of session. And right. then we would take breaks for like lunch and stuff. But then also Matthew and I would stick around to check in with anyone who maybe had the thumbsy downsies. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone had their thumbs down, it meant they hadn't been doing very well. And so we made sure as facilitators to stick around and talk to them if need be. Yes, and I think that was pretty great. It was definitely a system that I wasn't exactly used to when working and involving school. Like, when I got into high school, nothing was about mental health. And when I moved here and we went to Zoom, everything became about mental health. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty cool. I'm excited about that. So in, in vocational education and CTE learning, like you do through SkillsUSA, Cooper, I know that you guys have talked about being knowledgeable about how p- people accept feedback or how people communicate and and how their feelings are involved with the decisions that they make and even how they grow and learn. So as a leader in Skills USA, how do you think mental health plays into being a good leader? I always think that a good, like a positive like mental health, I don't know if that's the proper way of saying it, is like great for when trying to be a leader. I will say that it can change your style of leadership like tenfold. For example, in JRTC, we had these different types. A very common one that was always used is laissez-faire type leadership. I remember that one for like ever. And there was, we called it something different in JRTC. We called it tyrannical. But it was like <laughs> when you're completely all in charge and like you have like cool, full control over it. And both of those kind of have a negative like thing with mental health but in some way if like you get that middle area i think like you get like a really good like democratic leadership style works really well yeah i specifically think i have known USA. tyrannical leaders in the past <laughs> not gonna lie and i will keep that term close to my chest yes. because i think that i need to remember that because i want to use that in the future so. <laughs> so kylie what do you think about like leadership and how mental health and understanding other people's mental health how that plays into what we do So I think one of the most important things is just to be educated on that mental health, especially if you suffer from your own mental health issues. So I'm diagnosed clinically depressed and generalized anxiety disorder, and I can tell when that's affecting my work. I guess since I teach a leadership program, I'm considered a leader now. (laughs) I would definitely (laughs) call you a leader, Kylie. And so I I have to do like self-check-ins and be like, okay, I'm feeling anxious today or I'm depressed today. So that way it doesn't affect the students and the youth that I'm working with. I think that's really important for any leader to know when to take a break and be like, hey, I can't have this conversation or I need to take a 15 minute break and step away from the classroom or the meeting, what have you. So that way your own mental health does not accidentally affect someone else's mental health. Cause you never know if maybe someone's having a sensitive day. 
Yeah, that's for sure. And while I want to talk about something that you just said, you were talking about imposter syndrome because you're like, hey, I might be a leader. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And so and I know that Cooper and I have had recent conversations about that. And just if we have youth out there that are listening to this, I promise you um, when you start to feel like like you don't fit into what you're doing or you don't fit into that leadership role that you've been given, especially in the very beginning, you do. 100%. And there are plenty of us adults that feel those same things. We'll be at meetings. You'll look around and you'll see the people that you've idolized for years sitting around you. And you're like, I can't believe I'm sitting across from this person. I don't belong here. And I promise you, if you're at, if you've got a chair at that table, you belong there. But Kylie, can you talk a little bit about what imposter syndrome is in case people don't know what that is? Oh, imposter syndrome, feeling like you don't belong or maybe you don't deserve to be in a special position. Whether that's a leadership position or even just, hey, I'm here on a podcast right now and it's just little old me. That's me not recognizing that I do some pretty cool stuff and I've affected some lives, right? So I would give that as an example of imposter syndrome a little bit. I think it's a pretty good example. <laughs> Cooper, not to target you, but recently we were talking about you're running for state representation of Skills USA. Yes, I'm go running for state officer for Skills USA this year, or actually, sorry, next year, uh, specifically post secondary, which means college. So essentially, what I'm doing is nonstop work. <laughs> and to a degree, like how I mentioned imposter syndrome to you a few days back, mm -hmm. it does creep on you. Like it just randomly appears. And I, it's just like intrusive thoughts. It just randomly happens. And like you said before, you do have to focus on the good things you've done and how you positively affected other people how you got there and whatnot. And sometimes that just helps. Like it just makes it go away. And I, I really hope like people like understand this and they actually do this and think about these things because it genuinely helps with imposter syndrome. Yeah, no doubt. And then also I think imposter syndrome can keep us from taking opportunities that are given to us. So somebody might be offered a promotion or a leadership role in some aspect and if you don't feel like you deserve that then you might turn that opportunity down and we hope that if anybody's listening to this if you're offered an opportunity to do something take inventory of your life and make sure it's the right the right opportunity for you but at no point do you think that you don't deserve it or let your mental health challenges whatever they may be come in between you and the greatness that you deserve in your life and while we're talking about imposter syndrome, the opposite, but sometimes in the same same breath, perfectionism. Cooper, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be great. So perfectionism, I think sometimes we think of it as an egotistical thing. And with leaders, there there is a little bit of ego involved in leadership. We just have to be mindful of that. But perfectionism can lead to absolute just stall in anything that you're doing. You want to jump in, Yeah, Cooper? I would love to. So outside of leadership, as an artist, perfectionism is a pain. So <laughs> you always want to get like that perfect drawing in or that perfect painting or whatnot. And sometimes what happens is that you go down this path of, no, this line doesn't look right or it looks like really scratchy and I want it to be a straight line. You like restart another page and you restart another page. This is what kind of leads to artist block. And I hate artist block so much because I get like in that like depressed zone where like I feel like I can't do it and like perfectionism leads down that path and it just sucks so something that I've like a lot of the artists that I follow always say is look at the work that you've already done and see how good it is and how you've gotten there already 
and you won't even have to worry about it. As long as you look at that, you'll be fine. Look how far you've improved and how much more you can do. Don't focus on how bad it is. Focus on how good it is. I think that's great. Kyla, you want to add to that? Yes. Uh, Yes, I want in. Yeah, so one of the tasks I've taken on at CSA is like, even before I was a program coordinator, I was making the schedule for the hashtag lead program and then also creating the curriculum in the way that we wanted to do it. And being a perfectionist, I always want to stick to that curriculum and that schedule like to a T. (laughs) (laughs) after going through 25 different versions of the schedule where it's even just from, okay, on this Tuesday, we're going to cover this topic. And on this Tuesday, we're going to cover this topic. And then what if a guest speaker cancels and what are we going to do? We're just going to have to cancel because they can't come. We can't even switch the topics or anything. That's what regularly goes through my perfectionist brain. But then I feel like that also comes in with the imposter syndrome too, because then I like go, Oh, then I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be making this schedule and I don't know what's going on. And it, it turns into that vicious cycle. But the difference between maybe being an artist and then doing something like that is you don't have really your past work to look at. Especially if you're doing something new. Exactly. So I've been doing this for three years now. And now, especially piloting a new program, it's like, I don't have anything to compare hashtag grow to because there's never been hashtag grow before. So in one vein, it's if it doesn't work out, we'll just change it next year or we're just going to go with the flow. But then on the other vein is it didn't go how I wanted it to go. And that's a problem. And I'm freaking out now. So leaders can help their team members who may be struggling with perfectionism by encouraging growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. So like what Kylie was talking about, where we get fixated on having to have something a certain way and then not being able to see that out of the box in any way, shape or form. So I feel like leaders really should promote the idea that mistakes are opportunities and that there's always room for growth. And I think one of the things, at least for me, that perfectionism came into play probably when I was younger, like not to go back into it. It's because of my parents, but, (laughs) but genuinely I wanted to please my parents so much that I was so scared to get it wrong that, that, that really hindered me being able to try new things. Like I didn't really do a whole lot of sports at times because if I didn't know I was going to be great at it, I didn't do it. And if I was really good at it, I went all in like 100%, but I, I'm still less likely to try things that I'm super bad at mostly because I don't want anybody to see me being really bad at anything. So that's definitely a thing. Um, Cooper, how do you feel like leadership comes into making sure that the people that we're leading feel like they can contribute without, without feeling like they have to be perfect? Uh, I think that, so, Hmm. That's actually a really good question. I'm just trying to figure out like a really good way to answer Kylie, it. Kylie, do you have an answer for that, what Cooper thinks? A little bit. Um, so I think especially I've worked with kids all the way from the age of two up to like 18, 19 now. And so I've seen a lot of successes and a lot of failures. And the one thing that I've always seen or two things I should say that works with especially youth, working with youth is giving them grace when they do make a mistake, not being too harsh trying to be a little empathetic, but then also like guiding them to not make that mistake again. And then also acknowledging and celebrating the small victories. So even just, Hey, you figured out a way to come to hashtag lead today when you thought you weren't going to have a ride this morning, or you were able to log into that zoom meeting, even though you didn't even want to get your butt out of bed, like just giving them a little bit of a 
high five, good job, proud of you, um, is important as a leader. And then making sure that people don't beat themselves up over the little things. And then Cooper, going back to you in Skills USA, how do you guys like separate accountability or project management so that people can succeed? So we make it where people can succeed by uh, focusing on what makes them like so important to us. So like what we like having a very diverse team with specific skills and we like to make sure that we uh, improve upon those ones and other ones that they, we feel that they need to improve upon. But we like to like specifically put them to this. So our uh, our officer or historian, uh, Kendra, she works on our scrapbook for, that talks about what we've done in the entire year. And she does scrapbooking on her own. She does it for fun. She's fantastic with it. And we're, she's doing it for a competition, and she's doing it for just the whole record of what we've done, and it looks fantastic so far. And we have Jaden, our treasurer, because she's like really good with mathematics, and like she just keeps track of everything. Fantastic, actually. And we like to make sure that these skills are always like kept track of like we want them to be acknowledged and we also like want to make them seem like victories to them so we like we always say congratulations good job and everything like that and then if you do have criticism or or a redirection of of something that someone needs to change how do you guys communicate that uh we always want to make it seem constructive we never want to have anything negative in it uh i feel like if we make it negative people tend to get in like it, it depletes their mental health it, it isn't really like really good for them and it makes them feel worse about those skills the things that we want them to feel special about and if somebody's feeling worse about their skills then how do you think that affects like their the work that they're doing do you think that that affects them at all uh it makes it worse like it, <laughs> it they'll try i know and they will keep on trying but like the amount of effort they put into trying depletes over time. Yeah, because if they feel like they'll never please you, then then that that person it'll just paralyze the work that they're doing. Yeah, for sure. We see that in the business world too, and I think that it's interesting listening to students talk about similarities and the leadership between their clubs and organizations, and and the same exact things that we go through in the business and nonprofit world. It's it's funny because I listen to them run their group chapter meeting and they're going through Robert's rules and, and all of that. And, and I saw one of the students and she was really struggling with, with figuring out when to ask for emotion. And, and I think she was really kind of in her head for a moment. Like, I'm just not doing this right. And I looked at her and I was like, listen, take a deep breath. I was like, we struggle with these same things in the nonprofit world all the time. I can't tell you how many times we've sat there and waited for somebody to make a motion. And we're just kind of all looking around like somebody's going to have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, and it's a very awkward thing, even at, at the professional business level. So, so I appreciate that you guys are putting yourselves out there. You guys are all trying new things. Um, we appreciate the skills USA um, cohort from Dinuba chapter, working with us as a chamber, being a chamber ambassador, being a community ambassador, um, and love your work that you've done with hashtag lead and, and all of that. And Kylie, like Cooper's been able to bring you into my life as a professional <laughs> and as a friend. And I think that I'm just super lucky to know you. Thank you. For networking. Yeah. yeah. We love networking. <laughs> this is a pretty strong networking team right here too. Yeah, this is pretty solid. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going to end with, um, Kylie, do you have any like mental health tips or, or anything that you might share with us to take away? Uh, yeah, always. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, we kind of talked about was that that reinforcement, right? 
point or that criticism and being gentle about it. I think something that, um, as a new, like kind of younger professional in the, in the business office job type of realm that, um, I'm seeing is not a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, and so looking at people and saying, Hey, you messed up on this. What can you do better? Um, is just not a good communication thing. <laughs> uh, the Gottman Institute does a lot of couples therapy stuff. And one of the things they talk about is using I and we language. And I think that's really important for businesses. I recognize this and what can we do to help improve this situation? Um, I don't see that enough from businesses and from leadership. And so I think that for businesses, Visiting that emotional intelligence is a big part of success. Um, so you know your staff's love language. Are they a words of affirmation person? Do they want that chat in the whole, like for everyone to see, you're awesome, so proud of you for this. Or maybe a $10 Starbucks gift card because they're a gifts person. Um, that's huge for mental health, I think, is knowing someone's communication style and their love language. And then the other thing is that taking a break thing, especially for those of us who like sit at a desk all day, taking breaks, same. When I first started, it was during COVID. And so I was tired of being inside all the time. And I always made sure to use my 15 minute break to go for a walk. Always. Oh, and getting outside in the sunshine is. Well, I hate the sun. I'm a vampire. So (laughs) (laughs) in case you can't tell by my vampire teeth and pearly white skin. Uh, (laughs) But or I should say and um, it's important just to step away from your workspace, even at school. Like, hey, I need to go to the restroom. Take that five minute break that you have to just get up and walk away and just give yourself a second to take a breath. I think people don't understand how like really helpful that can be especially in stressful moments i also think that it's okay to communicate like you know constructively like walking away if that's your if if that's how you need to get away by taking a restroom break but i think that i'd like to see students be able to get to a point where they're talking to their teachers and saying you know i'm having a stressful moment can i walk outside for just a moment and and take a minute and hopefully i know the educators that we work with understand that maybe not everybody is at that level yet but Hopefully we get to the point where we're all recognizing the importance of communicating our needs too. Well, I was just reading the other day that California recently passed a law that students are allowed five mental health days in a school year. I don't know how many districts are are recognizing that, um, but it's a thing. And so if you're if you can talk to your school about it and your school can recognize those mental health days take advantage of them take those five mental health days and we've kind of done that historically like you growing up it was kind of the rule was if you've got your stuff done if you're caught up on all of your work uh, if if that's not the excuse that you're taking the day but if you really just need a day to to relax and regroup then then we've always let our kids kind of do that for sure oh yeah definitely yeah, but still holding him accountable for yeah. for getting his work done. Oh yes, also <laughs> definitely. Uh, see, my mom would be like, "Hey, like if you're physically incapable or mentally incapable of going to school today, like you can take a break. We'll take a break. That's fine." And then make sure that you graduate with honors at the end of high school. So you have four years to make sure you have your act together. If you need to take a break today, that's fine. I yeah. graduated with honors from high school, so those mental health breaks helped. <laughs> so, so, so far, so good for you, for, you, for sure. Yeah. Cooper, did you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to share? 
I I mean, always a simple one. I think communicating with people is always very important, specifically with people that you know, like trusted adults, like Kylie or you in this case. I uh, I think that if you talk to these people about your issues, specifically mental health issues, they can usually have an answer. Uh, if not, you always have your counselors at school, and they can always be helpful. I think that's great. Um, so just some last minute thoughts of uh, chamber updates. Um, we have our April 1st in downtown Dinuba. We're having a spring event downtown. Um, the city of Dinuba is working really hard to make that event great. They are looking for volunteers. So if you are available, we'd love to have you. Um, April 15th, Alta Historical is having their spring fling. Um, and then, then we will have the Cinco de Mayo pageant that same day. Then we move right into our golf tournament on the 21st and then happily moving into warmer days of Cinco de Mayo. Um, and then summer is on the way. So I want to say that again. I can't wait for summer. You guys can quote me on this. So when it's 117 degrees outside, don't come for me. But I'm, I'm ready to progress past uh, rainy days. And, and I know that, that everybody's shaking their head here now. No. But I, I'm ready to move, move along. <laughs> I don't want wow. the flooding. I just don't want, like, desert. You know what no. I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I, I like the 45-degree days when you get to wear cute coats and five layers. I do like cute coats. That's true. The Olivia Benson coat. <laughs> if you know, you know. I just like wearing hoodies. I used to wear hoodies. I wear hoodies in the summer too, though. Like, I've got an issue. So, thank you guys for joining us. And that's all we have for our show today. Thank you, Kylie and Cooper, for joining um, us and, and putting up with our antics at the Chamber of Commerce. My name is Heath Jones, and that's all we have. We'll see you next time. <laughs>